I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Now it's time for a long walk to Cleveland with Rudy Povich. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every morning live on Instagram. That shit sounds pretty good on blow. Mixed with tequila and wine on an empty stomach. The love boat. Soon we'll be making another round. The love boat. Jamal, what's up, buddy? How are you, man? Uh, What's up, Sally? Hi, Tara. What's up, D? Scooter, good to see you guys. Uh, I feel like the great Cornholio. I don't know why I am freezing today. I am absolutely freezing today in this basement. It's ridiculous. What's up, Ken? How are you, bud? A couple of things. Number one, uh, I'm going to be this weekend, Saturday night, Comedy at Crane. If you guys want to come down, Emily Rotzi going to be in town. And uh, I'm going to be doing a little bit of time in front of her and Lauren Rice and Sienna Violet. So downtown Minneapolis, stop on by. I think tickets are like 10 bucks, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, Lindsay, you look cozy. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. Uh, I've been doing the cold shower every morning. And the cold shower is, they're like, hey, you take a cold shower? It's going to make you feel warmer for the rest of the day. No, I'm freezing ass in the shower, and then I'm cold the rest of the day as well. So I don't know where their logic is about, hey, listen, man, it's good for the immune system, and then you're nice and warm all day. No, you're not. You're cold in the shower, and then you freeze your balls off while <laughs> you're sitting in the basement as well. What's up, PJ? Hi, Anna. Uh, yeah, so the uh, episode... With Ethan Nagel going to be coming out on Friday. I'm going to get that thing edited up. For those of you who don't know, Ethan is one of my good friends, a filmmaker in town who did three tours in Iraq, one tour in Afghanistan. Also, uh, just got back from Ukraine volunteering, rescued 200 orphan Ukraine children. Dude, this guy's a saint. And on top of it, got the sweetest, loveliest wife on the planet and a brand new baby girl. So uh, great stories, super compelling guy, incredibly smart. Um, I can't say enough good things about him. I don't know why it is that I am just like, I mean, Jamal, who's on this live feed, I, I'm just so compelled by military guys. I wish I would have done it when I was younger. I aged out, unfortunately, and... Uh, it's sort of that weird time because when we graduated high school was 1999 and we were 18 months removed from 9-11. So all of my buds were like, yeah, dude, military sounds great. And then you sign up for four years and then halfway through it, you know, history changes course and you're like, well, I guess I'm fucking going to the desert for a couple of years now. So, uh, but I look back on it and I'm like, I wish I'd have done it. Uh, I'm a tiny man, so I really wish I would have. Um, I really wish that I would have hopped uh, in a plane and became a pilot. That would have been the way to do it. Uh, Army will take you until 42. I didn't know that. I thought it was like, well, first off, um, I don't know if I'd be able to go because I am the only male in my family. Isn't that not that I'm making excuses, but. I don't know if they would take... Isn't that the thing? Because the Sullivan boys... Do you guys know that story at all? The Sullivans? Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. I'm going to have to figure out a way to play this and then also make sure you guys can hear it. I don't know if I'd be able to. 
But uh, there is a uh, there's a song from Caroline Spine called Sullivan. Essentially, it is the telling of the Sullivan brothers from Waterloo. These five kids got shipped over to uh, World War II, all died, and then had to have you know a military general come to Waterloo and knock on the door of Mrs. Sullivan and say, "All five boys are gone. That's it. I'm sorry." Um, Scooter, I looked into joining the National Guard. Yeah, there are things about it, man, that, you know, it doesn't have to just be like full on four years of service. You ain't got to like throw on the fatigues and start going to kick ass. I mean, you ain't got to go Chris Kyle on everybody. But it would be nice to, you know, serve a little bit. I'm a big, I think there are people that are definitely opponents to forcing your your citizens to do two years of mandatory armed service. And I'm like, I don't think so. Teaches you how to goddamn make your bed every morning, doesn't it? That's pretty sweet. Not bad. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway. But, uh, yeah. That'll be coming out on Friday. Really looking forward to it. He's a great guy. Super funny. Um, charismatic. Great stories. Amazing filmmaker. Works for Black Rifle Coffee. Yeah, he's fantastic. Lynn, my oldest, is joining the Marines after he graduates high school next year. Good for him. Good for him. I saw those kids in high school. I saw those kids that were doing the junior ROTC program. And a lot of them to this day, you know, I see them now and I'm like, oh, you guys got your shit together. You know what you're doing. Danielle, I looked into enlisting in the army after I received my RN degree, but found out I was pregnant with my son. And that I totally get. They probably don't want you giving birth on the battlefield. I mean, not to say that you couldn't. You gals can do anything, especially give birth on a battlefield. But probably the last thing you want to do is be shooting down terrorists with a grenade launcher while also giving birth to human life. Just saying. Putting it out there for you. Uh, I'm going to try a little something different this uh, starting next week. Let me know what you guys think about it. Throw it in the comments or uh, send me a message. But uh, I've kind of had this r- thing rolling around in my head now for years. And it's always sort of... It's not been crippling, obviously. Because there's a lot of times the filter on my mouth is non-existent. It goes from my head to my mouth, and then I have to suffer the consequences of the silly shit that came out of it. But let me know what you guys think about this. I uh, I looked into it, and I did a little bit of research, and by that I mean I googled it for about nine and a half minutes and then considered myself to be an expert. But uh, I'm going to go see a hypnotist. And not like one of those hypnotists that make you bark like a dog over at the chuckle hut. I mean like an actual legit... I know people use it for smoking. I know people use it for weight loss. They use it for anxiety, whatever it might be. But uh, for me, I think it kind of stems back all the way towards childhood. And uh, Lynn, I was going to say, you have a filter? That's Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm... <laughs> that's, that's the point that I'm getting at is there are times. Um, but I'm going to... Um, Uh, I'm going to go see a hypnotist. And the reason I'm going to go see this guy is because growing up, you know, a couple of, yeah, a couple of, you know, I had one stepdad in there in particular that eh, kind of wasn't the nicest guy to be around. And people go, why do you say that? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe because I would run the fuck upstairs when I heard the back door open. That might be a telltale sign that the guy who's walking in the door, you don't want to be around. In fact, I was just telling this guy yesterday as I was chatting with him, the hypnotist, 
I said, you know, I remember while I can vividly remember fifth and sixth grade elementary school, walking to school and getting there before the teachers would get there. And I didn't put two and two together until many years later. But the reason why it is that I jump ship, I'd wake up at like five o'clock in the morning, get all my shit together and then just walk to school. Wouldn't tell anybody. I would just leave the house. And nobody yelled, nobody screamed, nobody complained about it. Like, nobody's like, what, what are you doing? Hindsight, the reason why I was doing it is because my stepdad was such a tyrant to be around. I would want to get out of the house before he woke up. I was getting to school. The fucking janitor wasn't there yet. To open. I'd be standing outside the school waiting to get in because this dude uh, that lived in my house was such a POS. I didn't want to be around him. I'd hear the back door open and my sister and I would go running up the stairs. We weren't even doing anything wrong. Just sitting there doing nothing. Watching TV, having a snack, whatever it might be. Playing tiddlywinks. Christ, imagine being that person in life. Imagine being that person that you caused that much anxiety to. But basically, growing up, you know, it was kind of beaten into my head so much that uh, you are wrong. Everything about you is not right. Uh, the, the the things you say, the things you do, the clothes you wear, the person you are, the things you watch. Like, I remember my dad making, like, teasing me. Like, hardcore teasing me because I listened to 311. I was like, I'm sorry it's not Bon Jovi slippery when wet and we're not in a fucking Z28, you mullet asshole. But just like, guy was like, I mean, just fucking belittling me over my song choice. A 13-year-old. Like, who does that to a, to a kid? But he did. And I think it just like, it, it kind of beat down in me so many times that uh, everything you say is wrong. Everything you do is, um, you know, you being you is not is not right. You are off. So like, I, I went through this huge identity crisis when I was a kid. And I think it, it kind of helps now a little bit because I've got a little bit of experience in all sorts of realms you know a jack of all trade a master of none i mean when i was a kid like i was i was super into fucking hip-hop music i started taking on the urban lifestyle because i was like i gotta find something that my dad hates so much and that's what it was that's totally what it was and then when that sort of made its way i became a goth kid and then I became a fucking skateboarder kid. And, that, and it was like, it was like all these different things you were trying because I, every, because you just being you was wrong. You, you being yourself is dude, you're, you are a piece of shit. I think that's why I like acting so much is because being somebody else for two weeks felt so much better than being just me. So my biggest problem is I will get into, I'll, I'll get into performing or I'll get into stand-up and then I'll get off stage. And afterwards, when I get off stage, I'll have this thing in my head that's rolling around like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have, you know, and then it just, it eats at you. Even though you had a great set, even though you still had fun, BJ, but we still had fun. No, I totally agree. We had a good time, but I just, my brain is like that. And there's a lot of times I get into situations and whether it be, being interviewed on a podcast or having to go out and do whatever it is. And I hold back so much. I hold back because I'm like, ah, if I say that, 
you know, that person's going to look at me this way or, you know, the thing you got rolling around in your head, that's wrong. So being silent or saying what people you saying what you think people want to hear, that's better than being yourself. And then afterwards, you feel terrible about the thing you said, and then you still feel like you weren't yourself. So it's like, eh. Sally, does your mom regret having that a-hole as your stepdad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, we had this conversation about, I don't know, a month ago. My mom was down and uh, and I had said, yeah, like, I feel like all of the anxiety that I have and all of the, um, you know, all the tumultuous shit that happened in my 20s, I I feel like I directly can relate it to having my stepdad. And my, my mom had said, well, you know, you can't blame him for everything because I did bring him into your life and I... I'm sort of to blame for that too. And I'm like, well, yeah, mom, but I can't say that when you're sitting right here. (laughs) That's the part I'm talking about is that that guy is beating it into me so bad. I can't even be open and honest with a person who wants me to be open and honest. And then also at that moment is telling me that it is their fault. And I'm like, yeah, I can't, I'm not to that point yet in life. So yeah. Um, Ken, thanks for sharing, bro. And to give a little insight to us growing up on the range, you weren't the only one, dude, it was, it's tough. It was really, really tough. Was it not Kenny? It was so tough. The people that we grew up around the people that, you know, I mean, I remember just like saying some of the most awful racist shit when I was a kid. And it wasn't because I had those thoughts. It was because my stepdad put those thoughts there. He was saying those things and I was just regurgitating what I thought people said and did. And you know what? The thing that really like killed me the most is my nephew um, was up at the cabin with me and it was just him and I and we were sitting at the, at the, at the table and it was like Saturday morning before we all went fishing and I had made him some toast and I'm having a bite to eat and it's like seven o'clock in the morning and all the guys are sleeping and my nephew had said... Black people are bad. I was like, what? He's like, black people are bad. I'm like, why Why would you say that? He's like, because they are. I'm like, dude, that's where did you hear that from? And then he rattles off like 10 people that were born where they, they were born and raised where we came from and they haven't left. And I'm like, that fucking cycle continues. I'm like, dude, we got to get that out of you. That's not good. Because I grew up with that stuff and I had those thoughts and then I moved out and I went to college and I went to other cities where that didn't happen and I went and I met other people and was like, oh, all the shit you guys beat into our brains when we were that age, you were all wrong. All of that. I can't believe that we, that you, nobody ever told you that you shouldn't be doing that to a 13 year old's mushy head. Like, that's awful. Why would you do that? So yeah. Kenny, my stepdad was a drunken ass at. Why is it that stepdad's on the Iron Range? Total pieces of shit. The worst, man. Just the worst. And now we as adults, 42-year-old adults, have to carry that shit with us because these guys didn't have it in their fucking noggins to not do that to, to kids. It's, it's so crazy, isn't it? It's so insane. I, I, I don't understand it. I pray to God that if I ever have to be a stepdad, I would never do that to they're not they're not your kids if anything you should shut the fuck up and not say a word to those kids they're not yours be there for support but that is it that's all you get 
You don't get to discipline. All ugh, gross, man. Gross. I've had plenty of women that I have I've been in a relationship with that are like, I don't want to have to be a stepmom. I'm like, good. I don't want you to be a stepmom. I don't want you. I don't want any of that. I don't want you to. You you first off, how egotistical to think that I would want you to be a stepmom. I, I like you. I like that. I you like me. I hope that you do enjoy my daughter's company. Because if not, then we're gonna have to. But you're not. You're not gonna make decisions. You don't get to make the rules. No, I do. I'm the dad. That's my kid. You don't worry about any of it. You, 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 you and your kids. You deal with it. If you ask me or your kids come to me and they ask for something, I will definitely help. I will help as much as I can. But it is not my job, and it's not your job to parent my kid. It's crazy that we had these like fucking iron range stepdads that just thought it was like their job to, you know, beat it out of us that we were, you know, that we, how you think you're hot shit? Ah! My my stepdad's nickname for me up until like the age of like 12 was, it's tough to say on these things that I don't know what I can and cannot say without getting canceled, but it was the F word that rhymes with maggot. I'm sure you know. But that was his nickname for me. And then when my mom had said, hey, uh, could you please stop calling my son that? I think it's uh, it's kind of wearing on him a little bit. Uh, you can definitely see it because he's kind of a mess right now. I mean, I was so jittery. I was so jittery. I would be, no shit, I would just be at school like writing at my desk and somebody would walk up behind me and just go, hey, can, and I would jump four feet in the air. I was just so wound tight because I was around so many shitty people. So I'm going to go see this guy and see if he can get a little bit of that. Because I've tried everything. I've tried the books. I've tried, you know, hey, take this pill. This works for anxiety, blah, blah, blah. I've tried all that shit. And I'm like, you know, man, if you can, if you can have a guy with a pocket watch, Dr. Dina Dell, I always bring up Dr. Dina Dell. If Dr. Dina Dell can take a pocket watch and wave it in front of you, and then get you to do a butt scoot all the way across the stage at Iron World, then maybe some dude can like reprogram your brain to not feel like everything that you do is wrong, right? I don't know. It's got to be something in there. Uh, Sally, uh, was this stepdad raised by awful people? It sounds like a generational problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, yeah, his, his actual dad, huge piece of shit. Awful. In fact, I've told this story before. I was at their house when the Vikings, remember, a team that he does not own, a team that he does not play for, just a team that he watches every Sunday, went out during a game, blew like a 20-point lead, and then my stepdad's dad proceeded to chop up his entire kitchen with a butcher knife. So yeah, so it definitely was learned behavior. But that cycle stops with me. I made that decision to not be like that. I don't treat my daughter that way. I don't get on her ass about things. I've never grounded my daughter. And everyone goes, well, you should probably be a little bit tougher. No, no, no. I've never grounded her because I don't have to. I don't have to. Because she's a good kid. She's got her shit together. Why? Because I did a bunch of fucking reading on how to raise a good kid and I stuck to it. Ah, He called you... Call you faucet? Facet? Facet? Yeah, that word. 
<laughs> Kenny Skull, that's my favorite for sure. Uh, Mel, let us know if it works. It'd be interesting to hear about it. Yeah, I am looking forward to this. I think it'll be different and cool. And um, uh, Nate, I wouldn't be surprised if your stepdad's dad was the same as him. Glad you broke the cycle. Absolutely. As I just explained, he totally was that guy. And I'm glad that it all, you know, it, it, at some point I, I finally had realized Oh, all you guys were wrong. All you guys that we grew up with, all the teachers that we had, not all the teachers, but some of the teachers. But all the all the people that we had to be around, all these like stupid dipshit, Iron Range, fucking mullethead, Bon Jovi listening, Z28, Camaro fucking assholes. Like, dude, I'm glad all that shit's like I look at because my buddy Jeff from San Francisco, Jeff also had a shitty dad. And had shitty people around him. And now Jeff has adopted Pablo, went and got this kid from basically a woman who, I don't know the entire story, but basically a woman who was a drug addict, who got pregnant, who didn't want to have an abortion, gave up the baby, and Jeff and his wife Monica are now raising this kid as their own. The best fucking dad on the planet. And it all stems from us having super... Sh now, if anything, my kid's going to be a shitty mom. <laughs> if that's how this works, if you go completely 180, my kid's going to be a shitty mom. But what I'm saying is, I think nowadays we're all becoming much more... A, 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 we're, we're much more awake to the fact that what we do to our kids has such a lasting impact because the sh people that did shitty things to us... We've been having to carry that over into our adult years, and it sucks. And I pray to God, I, I look at that guy now, and I'm like, if I ever saw that guy, I would light him up. I would pray that my daughter one day doesn't ever excommunicate herself from me, and then always think, my God, if I ever run into that guy, I can't wait to give him a piece of my mind. You have failed as a parent. Knock that shit off. Uh, Amanda, you've definitely broken that cycle. Good for you in raising above the bullshit and being a good father. Thank you. Yes, I, I love that kid with all my heart. Um, in fact, a, uh, a little story that, and then I'll get out of here. But my daughter, yesterday, I got a text from one of um, her friend's moms. And she asked me, what size shoe does your daughter wear? It's kind of a weird question, but uh, I believe it's a six and a half. Why do you ask? She said, well, my daughter was at school today and she was being teased about her shoes. And Kinley stood up for her and um, I'd kind of like told these kids to like buzz off. I don't know exactly what happened because I asked my daughter about it today and in typical 13 year old fashion. She was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, well, something happened, right? She's like, yeah. I was like, do you want to talk about it? She's like, no. Okay, but she said um, that uh, these these boys were making fun of my daughter's French shoes, and my daughter kind of like you know gave them the business and said knock it off, and then uh, had suggested you know what? How about we get the pack together? How about we get all the girls together and we wear the same exact shoes? So this girl's mom went out and bought shoes for the group. <laughs> <laughs> so they could all wear the same shoes together. I'm like, listen, I think that is that is top-notch friendship. 
My friends would have never done that. My friends would have been openly mocking me with the people that were making fun of my shoes. Probably my stepdad. They would have joined in with my stepdad in making fun of the choices that I made about my shoes. Um, which I was like, that's, dude, that's fantastic. Uh, on the drive to school today, when Kelly and I were talking about it, I said, uh, I said, hey, do me a favor. I said, listen, I think this is great. I think it's amazing. I think you guys are all standing together in a sign of solidarity, sticking it to the bullies. I said, next time, feel free to give that kid right back. She's like, I know, but I, I feel bad when I do that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Do not feel bad. If that kid's a little fat, you call him fat. If the, I know it's going to sound crazy. It's probably not the best parenting, but I'm teaching my kid, God damn it. Where do you think funny kids come from? They come from being teased for three years and then eventually go, I got to beat these kids to the punch. I don't think I would have half the ideas I have now at 42 if I wasn't sort of a fat pudgy kid and people would like make fun of my man boobies when I was when I was 11. That wouldn't happen. You get a you really get thick skin when you don't want to go to the pool without a white T-shirt on. You know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you, it's uh, it, it really I'm like, kid, give it back to him. Give it right back to him. Find things about them. Because I'm telling you. You might not hit it right away, but eventually you will get to something that shames them. And that is where change happens. Don't feel bad about it. They started it. Now, if I ever find out that you went out and instigated it, now we got a problem. But think of it like this, man. BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I don't know what you want to call it. Artists, warriors, fighters, MMA, they don't use that until somebody comes to them. Like, one of the things about karate is you will never actively seek out to use it. But if somebody comes at you, you got this little skill in your back pocket and it's time to pull it out. That's what it's there for. So when somebody comes at you and they start making fun of your acne or they make fun of your long legs or they make fun of the shoes you're wearing or the top that you chose, feel free to dish it back to them. That's how this works. Okay. That's how this works. So that's where funny people should come from. That's the origin story of that's it. Listen, it is how funny people and villains are created. That's it. There's nothing in between. You don't become a good, you either become a comedian or you become a villain. One of the two. That's it. That's all I can, I don't know anything else. But I was proud of my daughter for sticking up for her friend. And I was very proud that she said, we're all going to rock the same shoes tomorrow. So that these guys know, if you're going to mess with one of us, you got to mess with all of us. I think that is a good lesson to go out on. MJ, thanks for stopping by. Uh, you guys take care. We'll see you Saturday, downtown Minneapolis, Comedy at Crane, Emily Rotzi, that show. I think it's 7 o'clock with uh, Lauren Rice, Sienna Violet, and then uh, we will be Friday. Don't forget that uh, episode with Ethan Nagel going to drop. Dude, I'm telling you, so good. So good. So good. All right, guys, have a great day. We'll see you all later. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.